Howdy, Health Explained listeners. This is Dr. Robin Trailer back to you with another podcast. Today, I am so lucky I get to talk to two fantastic gentlemen. One I've known for a very long time, one of my favorite people at Next Level, Dr. Martin Coos. Welcome back, Martin. Thank you, Dr. Trailer. Yeah. Uh, no, it's always a pleasure to come, and you are absolutely right. We are our, each other's favorites. Oh, my gosh, absolutely, and everybody knows it. I think I've lived in Houston for two years, and I can, without any question, say that you are, I think, my best friend. Yeah, well, Martin, and at this point, we're almost twinning. I mean, sometimes people can't even tell the difference between you and I. We Sentences, there oh you gosh. go. Okay, so Martin Coos is our uh, Chief Medical Officer of Occupational Medicine. Um, he is a physician extraordinaire and also uh, functions as a professor at Duke um, oftentimes. And I heard that going to Duke is a requirement in your family, as a matter of fact. I heard maybe even one of your uh, young children might be headed out that way uh, sometime. Yeah, it's true. I am an emergency medicine physician, and I trained at Duke where I remained on faculty because I liked it so much. And occupational medicine is truly fun. My daughter is uh, yeah. in the middle of her application process. She's already submitted it. I will find out in about three weeks whether or not she makes early decision for Duke. I'm certain she will. Your daughter is a lovely, lovely girl. Um, and even when you were talking to my daughter a few weeks ago, you were telling her all about Duke. And you were at Duke. <laughs> so my daughter, my daughter's interested in Duke because of you now. Well, and then also we are joined by a very nice man, Mr. Mitch Miller, who is from C- from Silver Eagle. And Mitch, you function as the director of health and safety over there at Silver Eagle. So I'm sure that you and Martin um, have gotten to know each other pretty well. Yes, we have. Yeah. Yes, we have. And so, can you guys tell me how you met? Like, why why does Next Level know Silver Eagle? Well, I will begin by saying that Silver Eagle's relationship with Next Level precedes me. And so, that's where I'll turn it over to Mr. Mitch. Hey, thanks. So, about 2018, we were uh, we worked with a TPA, third-party administrator, uh-huh. on our injury benefit program. Uh, Silver Eagle is not a workers' comp company. We're a non-subscriber, so it's a very unique setup or arrangement we have with our third-party administrators. Right. Um, The third-party administrator we had at the time had a um, past working relationship with one of your um, leaders here. Sure. uh, Allison, and he introduced us um, as a potential uh, for potential occupational medicine support. Um, We set up one facility to to be taken care of by next level right and shortly after that the pandemic hit Mm -hmm. and everybody was scratching for support in the medical world at that time and next level really stepped up helped us develop our covid testing protocol really worked with us we have some crazy schedules in our industry yeah um, and they were very very accommodating and supportive for covid when we exited COVID, Martin and I had got to know each other quite a bit over that time period, and we had some some needs for some expansion uh, with some of our facilities' medical care. Yeah. Um, and they stepped up, and here we are. So. That's awesome. You know, since the beginning of time, Next Level opened our flagship clinic in July of 2013, and we learned very quickly that if we wanted to keep the lights on as an urgent care, we were going to have to be involved in 
work injury care, occupational medicine in some kind of way. And we really committed ourselves to becoming experts, you know, and hopefully even industry leaders. Well, you know, our our program grew so much that we needed uh, even more Ahmed bona fides, which is why we were really, really lucky to recruit Dr. Coos to our team. And so I'm glad that we knew you all before the pandemic. Um, I'm sure that we tried very, very hard to impress you uh, with, with what we had to provide here at Next Level. But uh, Martin, how did you come to kind of know Silver Eagle? You know, I, I know Allison made the introduction. Mm-hmm. Allison Cooper is an incredible uh, business development person. She's well-connected all over. Um, and so how do, you, how do you kind of come into the picture here? In some ways, it's thank you, Miss Allison Cooper. She she has so many great contacts oh my in this goodness. city. She has yes. such a good reputation, and uh, and I feel like that reputation we have adopted that reputation, and uh, and benefited from it. What I one cool thing about occupational medicine is that there are there are two or three big stakeholders in any single case, and those stakeholders, the win of one stakeholder and the second causes a win in the third. So it becomes right. like a um, I remember in, in in the military and in medicine we had the triangle of death, which is like oh, uh, no. <laughs> acidemia, <laughs> hypothermia, and uh, I forget what the the other one was. But there's three things that cause that, that after that you have a spiral, and the person will just continue and and yeah. they're gone. This is the opposite. This is like a, a typhoon in the upper direction. The closer that the relationship between the treating provider and the employer mm-hmm. is, the stronger the the more that the care of the actual employee benefits. Right. And I, I have strong memories of early on at Next Level of having long conversations with Mr. Mitch about particular patients. Somebody would have an injury, he would call me, he would say, this is the injury, this is what we're thinking. And what I would do is I would call the clinic, talk to the provider, tell them what I was told, to tell them what the preliminary plan should be, what we should avoid doing, right. and things like that. And then do, and immediately afterwards, I would communicate back to Mr. Mitch and when the provider called me and told me what they found. And gosh darn it, did that work well. And so that kind of developed and developed. And now that's kind of our go-to approach for all of the companies that we were very closely with. Uh, that's kind of the relationship that, that, that I recall. And that's kind of how it became strong. I and mean, we have a lot to say about the, how it ended up, but um, do you have anything to add? No, I, I think you, you hit on it is the relationship that we have. But first and foremost, and the, the very first thing I ever told you, and Allison actually, or any other provider that I've ever, the employee's health and wellness comes Absolutely. first. Absolutely. There are other things. There's OSHA sensitivities right. because I'm also the safety guy, right? right? So first of all, I try to prevent injuries from happening to start with. But right. when they do, we've got to manage them. Number one, the employee's health comes first. Absolutely. Nothing above that. But after that, we still have a business to run, yes. right? So we want to make sure that we do what's necessary for the employee, but we still right. have to get them back to work at some point. Right. So that relationship, and I'll go back to our adjuster or our third-party administrator, we have a very unique triage protocol that mm-hmm. she, one, one of the adjusters there, is our key person who makes first contact with our employee after the injury. Okay. Takes that triage, feeds that information over to the clinics, to the clinicians for us, kind of a handover yes. of care. Meanwhile, I'm discussing with the medical directors kind of at a high level what's going on. Right. So the relationship is really, really strong there. Right. And, and again, it's trust. Right. right. We trust that they're going to put our employees first because that's what you do. And right. you're trusting that when you turn them back over to us, 
we're going to accommodate those restrictions. Right. We're going to watch them heal. We're going to help them heal. So um, trust. I'll be honest, you know, I think when most people hear work injury, they all get kind of like, there's like a negative connotation there, right? There's this idea that, you know, you have the employer that just wants people to get back to work. And we've we've all seen the ugly commercials on TV about, you know, the, the person who's hurt and the employers trying to force them to work. And I have to say, I really have not had that experience with work injury care, um, especially not here at Next Level. And it's so beautiful to hear you say that the health and wellness, the well-being of your team members at Silver Eagle is what is first and foremost when whenever anyone is injured on the job. And that part too, where you're working really hard to coordinate care for your team members when they are acutely injured is it really is everything, right? You know, like when, when patients show up to the doctor's office, we need to understand what happened, you know? And I, when I train our doctors and advanced practice providers, I tell them, I need you to make that history of present illness like the best news story that you saw at the Houston Chronicle, okay? Like I need to understand, were, were, was the land wet or dry? Were they walking or stationary? Were they high or low? Was it the right or the left? And did they fall forward or back? You know, there's so much that has to be recorded in that office visit note. And so if we are hearing from the employer about, you know, a witnessed event or whatever injury um, that we are going to be treating, it's so much better for the patient and for everybody involved in the care of that patient. Not not to mention that, but, you know, also the conversation that takes place at that uh, handover from our um, third party administrator to the clinician. And then a lot of times the conversation between Dr. Kuss and I, we're talking about what that employee does for us, not just what the job description is, but we're also talking about can that person get some support for the next few days? Are they going on on weekend? Are they going to be, you know, have a more relaxed schedule for the next few days? So it's more about treating the injury, about what that employee is going to be experiencing, what the environment they're going to be working in, and how the company can support the healing right. by making sure we adjust duties or whatever we need to do right. as directed by the physicians. Right. Well, one thing I know that Dr. Coos is very committed to is being responsible about work restrictions and really understanding what the job duties are of any injured worker. You know, sometimes when you meet a new doctor or a new advanced practice provider, they go marking up all kinds of things, you know, no running, no standing, right. no, no bending, no, and like, you know, stay home for three weeks, like all, all kinds move. of it. Don't move, yeah. don't breathe, don't you know? Yeah, and you go, wait a minute, like yeah. this is too much. And oftentimes, you know, you'll find that people write up restrictions that don't even match the job description. Right. It makes no sense. And so Dr. Coos, will you talk a little bit about like how, what what your philosophy is on restrictions for an injured worker? Absolutely, and this is a great question because I think that this is what people see when they think of work comp. They think of the restriction because that's the back end and truly that is the product. And that is the product that actually a good quality product is what's gonna cause everything. But there's so much more that goes into it. And I think when we were in residency, one of the things that I remember in, in the ER, when you're going in to see a patient, you have about seven, eight minutes with them. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to learn everything. Oh, yeah, about everything. That in those seven or eight minutes. And then you talk to staff. 
And then the staff will go in there for two or three minutes after you, and they'll come out, and they will know so much more. And you're thinking, you're tearing your hair out, and you're like, why, why are they so much smarter <laughs> yeah. than I am? And then you, you get more senior, and towards your senior year, when you're, when you're graduating, people will come up, and they'll say, there's a trick. Once I know what you know, right. I delve, I mean, that really does allow me, there's a second pass component to it. And that second pass is much, it, it's important to get in much more depth into the story. So I think that's what we have here. We have a two pass kind of a system. Right. Where we get the initial pass without seeing the patient of knowing what happened, whatever, whatever right. and getting a little bit of a good feel of, okay, this is the foot that I, we think we should exit on. And then you verify that with the patient. I think that's why that's why we kind of have the, the good results that we have. It's a mixture of population medicine mm -hmm. and individual medicine. Yes. Because I think in work comp, population medicine tends to be focused on, and the more the more individual individual uh, care and the like like what Mr. Mitch said, every employee that does that job doesn't do the same thing. They have different schedules. They have different. There's a lot of different variations. And the more we understand that, the better product we're going to get. I think this is the way that, if if there's anything to say during this podcast, is a really a strong relationship helps me and yes. us at next level as much as it helps the employer. And and actually, there are ways in which it already has. Yeah. I'm thinking back as you're talking, I'm thinking about some of the situations we've encountered over time where, you know, the, the hesitation that a lot of companies have, you know, the whole negative connotation oh, that you yes. brought up earlier is that people in my position, the safety guy, are always trying to protect the safety record. Yeah. They don't care yeah, yeah. about the employee. Right. It's actually just the opposite. And I give you a couple of examples. Some of the clinicians will treat and they'll treat conservatively. Right. And I may know that employee. And, I, and because some employees may complain more than others, you know how that goes. Right. And I've actually called the physician and said, I think this person is way more hurt mm -hmm. than they let on to mm -hmm. you. I'd like for you to have another pass at them because yeah. they probably do need restrictions. Right. Most people in my position avoid that conversation. Right. They don't want right. restrictions. Oh. Yes. We have actually self-imposed restrictions yeah. when the physicians don't think they need them. Right. That's the extra care. And I don't care about the OSHA record at that point. I want to make sure this person doesn't further injure right. themselves. That's right. all it's about. Well, so. Mr. Mitch, I mean, to your point, it, it's in no one's interest for that patient to go untreated no. for their injury. So, you know, if, if the patient gets better, then the company does better. That's right. And so I really appreciate that that you care so much about your people that you would even notice their subtle tells. I'll tell you, a lot of times at Next Level, we treat patients who just don't even wanna be here. They don't wanna be here for work injury, they just wanna go back to work. And sometimes you have to say, hey, you know, let's pause and take care of your body. Let's make sure that there's some time for healing. You know, even if there is, you know, some kind of like a minor sprain or something, time, you know, generally will cure these things. Having said that, though, you know, if somebody comes in with some kind of a sprain, you don't necessarily have to have this person completely out of commission for their job. Um, and oftentimes, it's particularly when we're talking about like lumbar sprain or something like that, mm -hmm. uh, restricting movement is one of the worst things you can do for somebody with that kind of a back injury. Absolutely. I, I think, and this is one of, I, I can't really speak for everyone because there are different approaches to work comp. Right. But there is an approach that if you have a work comp injury, the very first thing you need is restrictions. 
And we're trying to break that. We really are. We're trying to be very functional about it and very holistic about right. it. When you hurt your leg, if something bumps into your your thigh or something, you really don't need to be off of your leg. You exactly. Just, you just need to make sure you don't re-injure it. But walking on it, I had a patient yesterday, and this patient yesterday wanted to speak with, with me even though they were in the clinic. And the reason is because they had a, a fifth metatarsal fracture. That means the fracture of the yep. of kind of in the middle of the foot toward the outside. And those tend to be washed pretty well, but she was a little confused about things. And and she was concerned that her medical care wasn't, uh, that everything was done correctly. Um, so she called me and, and she said, well, I haven't been on my foot at all. Why should I be walking now? You're not an orthopedic surgeon. And I told her, well, I am somewhat of a specialist with this kind of injury in particular because I, I spent 20 years in the Navy and you'd be shocked at how many people drop heavy things, you know, yeah. uh, diving tanks right. on their feet. And right. the very first thing that breaks is that same exact Yes, bone. exactly. I Most know, common foot fracture. I there you know go. my Jones fracture. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I told her, but you, what you have now is she but I still have a bump on my foot. I'm like, yes, you have a large callus yes. of bone restructuring it. And actually what you need to do now is to stress that bone. You need to walk on it. Yes. That will basically get sanded down and get re, re, restructured and be better if right. you walk on it. Things like that are, are very important. The way we do it, actually, I like the process that we have because when I went through the training at, at Duke, one of what I remember learning the most is that communication is important. And But really, we didn't really have a great communication process yeah. until we did it with Silver Eagle. Right. Um, the way we have it now is we make sure, and, and I'll lay it out, I guess, in the best practice world in occupational medicine, the employer and the provider will have communication before the exam. The exam will happen, and then the, the provider will contact the employer and have communication after and talk about the, within HIPAA realm, within the guidelines of HIPAA, talk about what needs to be done on the back end, and that's a conversation that really does need to be fluid and it needs to be very organic yeah and that's kind of what we set up actually a little bit kind of recently right yeah we added a step in between right so once the initial evaluation is taking place so that conversation can happen about the environment that they're going to come back to yeah. the, the clinician will call us and say here's what i'm seeing here's what i'm finding here's what i'm thinking what are you thoughts? Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to say, no, you're doing that the wrong way. Yeah. I'm just going to say, you know what? That's actually a good idea because this person's coming back into a position right. where I can provide a helper to them. They can still integrate back into work. Yes. So they're not sitting at home, not right. doing anything. But we can also provide some help. If it's a soft tissue injury, some help with lifting. Yes. We're not stopping them from working. We're helping them heal. Exactly. And so that's why that, what Mark, Dr. Coos just said, it used to be on the front end and the back end. Now we have a, a conversation that takes place before the final prognosis is made and before the right. disposition is right. is written, if you will. So. We've made that very, very formal, which is I, that's what really impressed me with this. And and it we we had a little bit of pushback because people don't want an extra phone call. But I think once they saw how much easier it is because you're never making corrections, you're never revisiting anything. When it's done, it's done. That one and a half minute phone call is worth its weight in gold. Right. Well, you know, Dr. Coos, I have to say, one of my favorite things about you is how accessible you are to our team members and even to patients. I mean, every now and then patients are going to have a question about their plan of care. And that is fair. Okay. <laughs> like I do not 
um, slight anybody for having questions about how their sprain is managed or their fracture is managed or you know whatever is going on. Um, and the fact that you would take time to call um, you know, some of our patients any of these days to help them understand the plan of care, I think too really like plays into the, the whole like picture and how well patients will feel when they're walking away from our clinics. I mean, we at Next Level, we're committed to high quality, affordable health care for everyone. Um, but more than anything, we really want patients walking away from our clinics feeling like VIPs, feeling like somebody heard them, feeling like, you know, somebody cares about their their pain and their injury, right? And so, um, you know, I find sometimes patients think that they're going to get on the phone and, you know, we're going to fight with them and we're going to tell them how they're wrong. And we just, we don't do that here. Um, so I really appreciate that you took the time to reach out to a patient with questions, you know, about, about um, her injury. That's awesome. Well, it's funny. I think if I had to guess at my rate of, I don't want to say wins and losses, but my rate of going with the concerns and with the, the desires of the employee versus going against them at the end of the conversation, I'm about 50-50 leaning towards the employee side because, like you said, most of the time they're terribly reasonable. The One of the examples that Mr. Mitch and I participated in, he had an employee um, of his that was a manager and it was a back sprain. And mm -hmm. we see a million back sprains. Oh, all and the I time. Think, and this is where I think it's important to her. Yes, a million back sprains, you're treating populations but everybody's an individual. Yes. This one was different. Yes. Do you remember that one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking about earlier that where I, I guess, overrode a doctor because I said, you know, this employee, yeah. I know this employee. She's in excruciating pain right now. Right. She probably put on a strong face for your right. clinician. Right. She's hurting. And right. she really needs to be right. checked out again. And she, we turned around and we drove right back. And yeah. So she felt golden after that, yeah. right? That, not only did I hear her as her yeah. colleague in the company, but the physicians were like, you know what? Maybe we missed it on the first day. Yeah. Let's go at it again. Absolutely. And good on you for doing that. And so she knows how much she's being cared for. Oh, yeah. Right? What yeah. an incredible and, and demonstration. What you just said about, you know, that, that personal touch is because that's actually one of, and I'll use the word sales pitch or sales tools that we have is that whenever we uh, onboard new employees at Silver Eagle, as I said earlier, we are a non-subscriber, mm -hmm. so we're not traditional workers' comp. Right. And one of the ways we sell that, because it's a very, very good process, and one of those ways is personalized service. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some there's some red tape, if you will, with, with workers' comp that we don't have to deal with with worker injury benefit programs yeah. like we have. And we tell our employees, you're going to get special service. You're going to get care. You're not going to get delays. You're not going to get put on the back burner. Right. You're going to get personalized care. And so what you just described earlier is exact. It just... It's a nice piggyback onto that. Well, so I think we all agree. Uh, the care of the patient comes first, but um, it is very special for Next Level to have relationships with um, with with directors like you, Mr. Mitch. You know, we we care a lot about what happens to uh, your team members at Silver Eagle, um, and you know, we we want to make sure that we're in line with like best practices, and so we we commit a lot to training and educating our staff. We have a pretty thorough checkout 
uh, program here. So if someone is new, you know, a lot of people come to to urgent care who just don't have a lot of exposure to work injury care and occupational medicine and their training. I was fortunate enough in my residency program to spend about a month at an occupational uh, health uh, clinic. And that was you know, certainly very elucidating. And, you know, it was it was informative, but it's like, you know, a month, maybe, you know, 10 years before I ever came to next level. And so unless you're somebody like Dr. Coos, who's really going to commit themselves to uh, studying, you know, work comp and, and getting uh, specialized in occupational um, health uh, you may have some blind spots on what, you know, best practices are in this particular area of medicine. So at Next Level, we've developed a fairly robust training program for all of our doctors and APPs when they join. And um, we don't let people work without uh, the brain trust here. So, you know, people who are starting at Next Level understand that they have to call and check out those cases with one of our work injury experts uh, before they write up the restrictions, before we come up with the plan of care. And we try to show them the ropes, uh, Mr. Mitch, before before they start getting too involved with the care of your injured workers. Um, and so I hope that people know when they come to next level, even though their patients might not actually have the honor of being seen by uh, Dr. Coos, uh, that Dr. Coos actually, is, he is in every like space in work comp. He literally, his signature is on all of our, you know, work injury programs, all of our work injury uh, training uh, sessions, and, you know, that we we invest a lot of time in making sure that we are the best um, and that we're we're giving the best possible care to patients. It's fascinating that it, is, it does not feel like a liability. It feels like I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of the fact that at the beginning when we had far fewer providers, I would take all the calls and I made sure that everybody was thinking my thinking and and you know what was surprising? It's what? not that difficult. You know. It didn't take that long. Yeah, Martin, but we are, we're a little bit bigger now yes. than when you joined. Yes. And you still want to take all the calls. Yeah. You're so wonderful. There's got to be some time for you. Oh, that's, no, I have plenty of time for me. The, uh, the, the trick now is to make sure that people still have access as much as they did before. Yeah. We do have a, a strong group of of centers of excellence of yes. occupational medicine that have providers who are specially trained, who who kind of know what I know and who are equipped to teach and to guide care. So really, we have spread that out. I don't feel in any way um, imposed upon or in any way being, uh, I don't feel split up. I do think that it is very important that, that we provide outstanding care and we provide it in an individual fashion um, so that we get the best results possible. Yeah, we do that through education. We really do. We put so yeah. much effort and so much love into education. And um, what Dr. Trailer, what, what you didn't mention is that our people, they, they're not allowed to just see work comps for about six months. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's at least six months that people have to check out every work comp case to make sure that they're getting it. And in the end, what I'm learning over time is that it's not that hard as long as they understand where they're kind of where that relationship is and what what the employer needs right the employer doesn't just want everybody back to work right the employer actually wants the the best for their employees i think the program that we have now where our our provider in the clinic will call the tpa will call the safety people and 
at the same time as calling the for, for the checkout, that's teaching them that I think maybe in the future, this may be our future. We may actually have the checkout happen with the employers as much as possible and then just do the medical one because the medicine isn't that difficult. It's all of the, the factors in between that, that make it difficult. So I think we had a great product. We had the best product in Houston before, but this may be a one-up on that. Yeah, well, I have to ask Mr. Mitch because I know, like, we try to be perfect at next level, but we're not perfect. You know, every now and then, you know, there might be a case that you have questions about, you know, something where, you know, that just doesn't, um, that doesn't seem to be within like the normal range of what you would normally see, you know, for this type of injury. And so um, I'd love to hear how you all are able to like work out those questions and, you know, whether or not you find it to be, you know, simple or difficult to get in touch with our team here to talk about the care of your injured workers. Yeah, <clears throat> Martin talked about the addition of protocols and mm -hmm. you also said how he can't be everywhere at all times. Yeah. So as your company grew and as our protocol grew at, in this partnership, um, we recently had a meeting where we brought all the stakeholders together. We brought my team, we brought the TPA, we brought Martin, his some of his doctors, we brought Rochelle from the works team. Oh yeah. We had everybody together. And so we came up with that protocol mm -hmm. about how things were gonna go step by step. And no, it's not been perfect. Yeah. But we're we're having an open enough relationship where I can call Martin. My TPA can call Rochelle and say, Hey, this is not working out like we right. thought it was going to. Right. Can you talk to your works team and have this possible right. it might be? So again, it's not been perfect. Um, we're not perfect by any means. You guys are not perfect, but together we're getting really, really good. And right. so you're, what you're building here at Next Level is is bolting on to what we're trying to do at Silver Eagle. That's really good. You know, it's funny, Dr. Trailer, when you were speaking, what I was thinking about is there is a meeting that was suggested by Mr. Mitch that we have every week. So starting next month on Fridays, we're going to get together for about 15 to 20 minutes and talk about every active case oh my and where they are in Chart the process. Routes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Real fast, real yeah. fast, real easy. And that way you can, and you can focus on the ones that are difficult. And, and that grew out of this. I would not have thought of that without this relationship. I do right. have to credit you for it. Right. Well, you know, again, at Next Level, we know we can always be better than how we are today. And so we are always innovating and thinking about ways to deliver care better, you know, for our patients. And certainly, you know, I mean, Next Level is a small business. I, I told you, we opened our flagship clinic in July of 2013, and we were, there were one tiny little clinic in Sugarland. Um, and in the first year, we had nine clinics. Well, today we have more than 40, you know, and what you see is what you get. We we have been a small business and we've grown to, I guess, a middle size and slightly larger uh, company that's certainly not as large as some of like the really big yeah. healthcare names uh, here in Houston. But, you know, we understand what it's like as an employer to have an injured worker and really want to do everything that you can to support that person through uh, their injury. And so uh, it really is our honor uh, to be able to take care of your uh, team members. And, you know, we will always try to do what we can to improve upon what we're doing today. Well, gentlemen, uh, 
any last thoughts for this very, very fun conversation? I have one. You mentioned our, our motto or our mission statement. We, we provide high quality, affordable health care for all. It really does mirror in the occupational setting. Yeah. For, for employers, we're, we're providing them the best quality, right. affordable health care right. that anybody could afford because we do it so well. We do it so, so cleanly uh, with, with little loss. Those are the kind of how I feel about this thing. You know what, Martin, I even know, I, I don't know if the listeners can tell, I can tell that you really, you care a lot about the success of your program and you care a lot you know, about making sure that uh, injured workers are, you know, healing in time and that they're getting back to their normal uh, activities of daily living. And I think that really is what sets us apart, that part where we're just not necessarily just laissez-faire about um you know, how we treat our injured workers. So thanks so much for bringing your, um, your skill and your, your passion to our work injury program here at Next My Level. Pleasure. Yeah. And Mr. Mitch, I, like, I feel like we're old friends now, yeah. you know, <laughs> we both have purple and gold in yeah. common, you know, uh, right yeah, different, right, schools. different schools. That's right. And we, yeah, we don't have to uh, delve into that too much more. <laughs> But um, it was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much for coming by today. I appreciate you guys having me and truly appreciate the partnership. It's it's really helping our employees and our company. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening, Health Explained team. We will see you next time.